This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Welcome to the Cottage Talk post-match show. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me live on the Cottage Talk Facebook page is Mike Gregg in the right-hand corner. In the bottom left corner, we have Giannis Janaeus. And in the right bottom corner, we have Max Cohen. In this episode, which will also be a podcast, we will discuss Fulham's 3-0 loss to Leeds United. Emilio and I did a full-time show along with Claire Parrish yesterday. We vented. I think I still need to vent, guys. And... So let's not waste any time. Mr. Janaeus, I'm going to start with you because I know you have a lot to say. So share me your rant to get us going. Um, well, I thought first half, we got off, I thought first 10 minutes were pretty decent and the, the, a, a daft goal. And then I thought we really put it to Leeds. We created chances. Uh, I thought we could have had a penalty, maybe two or three. Um, okay. Mitro was getting rugby tackled in the box a couple of times and the referee's looking. Having said that, he could have been sent off a few minutes in. Let's hope that's not retroactive. And then I had a really good feeling going to the half. And then second half, it almost looked like we were feeling sorry for ourselves that you know our superiority in the latter half of the first half didn't tell. And then they just, I mean, the second goal was watching like watching a Benny Hill video. Uh, and then they scored the third and the mass substitutions, and um, and it was disappointing because I was looking forward to the game. And yep. after the game, though, the, the, the social media backlash was pretty um, 
pretty hubris filled, let's put it that way. And um, my thought was, well, you know, we've lost our first two games back. We've not played very well, but we're still fourth. And um, look at Sheffield United, another good example. Nobody's talking about Chris Wilder getting fired. They've not played at all well since coming back from the break. We've got yep. winnable games coming up. And the good thing about playing the ha-has on Tuesday is that we don't have a lot of time to think about the mess of yesterday. We just go into it and keep QPR on exactly, you know, hitting the lights out either. So it, disappointing result. It could have been different. Um, I think I'm more concerned with the reaction of fans after the game. Uh, just a, a lot of a lot of nonsense for me and um, let's wait for the next game to see how we react to that. Okay. Excellent. Mike, I'm going to go to you now. I want to get your thoughts. Feel free to share your thoughts on what Giannis just shared. And one thing that I found interesting that you tweeted out during the match, and you were basically talking about our style of play. And I will argue that it's very predictable, Mike, you know, it's, it's about trying to get the ball in the box to, Mitro, but you talked about the lack of movement, the lack of through balls, Mike. The, that crisp passing that I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say it, that we're used to under Jokanovic. And when you see Bielsa's style and it's free-flowing and it works really well compared to Fulham's, it's again, listen, they created opportunities, but like Emilio and Claire and I were talking about, how many clear-cut opportunities did Fulham really have in that first half when they were dominant? compared to when Leeds had their opportunities. Those were all clear-cut opportunities to score. So give me your opening thoughts, Mike. Um, well, there's a, lot, there's a lot from yesterday. I mean, Yanis is right. I mean, pre- and post-match, I mean, I ranted definitely, and there were a lot of people <laughs> uh, saying stuff. But, you know, we've had this long break, uh, but even before the break, we weren't doing that well. You know, yes, we're in third but actually, form-wise, if you look at it, it's not. We weren't, you know, we were on the edge, and and that's pretty much our season. I've, I've said it on Twitter, and I think I may have said it here earlier in one show, maybe before Christmas when I came on. It's the most underwhelming promotion push I've ever known in forty-one years of supporting Fulham, and forty-two, and um, we're there. But you know what? I can't really remember why we're there. Yes, we've won. You know, we win games 1 0, but it's, or, you know, it's, it's just dull as dishwater. It really is. And, and we came into this, these two games, two very good teams. And uh, yes, we all look down on Brentford, but I mean, if you've watched them. They're a good side. They're a very good side. They're a good side. They're a good side. And and Leeds are Leeds, you know. Um, we're all hoping they're going to run out of steam and uh, and foul up they, like they usually do. Um, and you look back on yesterday, yeah, we had the ball more than them. Um, but we're not, we're just not incisive. We're not, we don't seem to have drive. I mean, there was a there was a step, there was a stage early on when Mitro got it and he drove forward, passed it right, and uh, Knockout had a shot. But we. If he gets it, he will do it. If a couple of the other strikers or a couple of the other attackers, they may do it as well. But as soon as it goes to a mid, one of our midfielders, we stop, yep. turn around, lay it off. And when I talk about clear-cut chances, I don't mean the Mitro shot from about 
25 yards on the That's volley. That's not a clear-cut chance, Mike. But I'm talking about an incisive pass, yep. okay? A, a ball through one-on-one or ball through to a player running on who shoots first. We're not, we don't create that. We we get a ball. In, last week we did it. Ball in, Mitro, will he get to it? Header, will he volley? No, doesn't work. We've got away with it for the season. We got away with some tactical ch- changes at the end of games. But every game is almost like a knife edge. And I said it, Parker's, Parker's team is, and the way he plays is a very, it's for the long game. It's for the season. It's to get enough points to be in the playoffs. And my worry is in in the playoffs, he he can't switch it. He has, he can't switch it to something more dynamic to go to win the game. And And yesterday, I wanted us to start the game on the front foot, yes, we're away, but everyone is yep. either home, you know, home or away in this kind of weird atmosphere. And um, we did all right. They, I thought they had the better chances early on, and then for the last, they scored, and then for the last 15, 20 minutes, I thought we were the better side. We were. Um, but then he got out, coached, and, uh, and we lost something and they broke away and scored again and and that was game over for us because we're not good at coming back yep not at all and and so we're playing a possession football but it's a possession football for the sake of keeping the ball i have it people near me who who were sitting near me get it forward get it forward and and that's because we're incredibly slow with it um i you know, under under Slab or under or the way Brentford play or even Leeds play, they can keep the ball, but they move it quicker. You look at the pass maps for the two teams we've just played, and it's all triangles and that kind of stuff. You look at our pass maps, and it's a mishmash of God knows what. Okay, very good. All right, Max, over to you, and I want your opening thoughts, and then after I get your opening thoughts, I'm going to share a comment in just a second after that. but. My, uh, Max, over to you. Give me your opening thoughts. Feel free to comment on what Mike just shared. Very interesting stuff. And, of course, what – yeah, yeah. And I got Mad Max's rant. Uh, that's great. I love that. I, I just think there's a narrative of this match that's emerged that's not really what I saw. And I think the narrative which people are pushing is that Parker's out. Parker's lost the dressing room. We lost 3-0. We're nowhere near good enough. What I saw from that match was that first 45 minutes – was some of the best attack in football I think we've played in a long time, perhaps in the second half of the season. And, and I agree with everything Mike and Yana said about the slow build-up play and the predictability. If you listened um, you know, last week about the Brentford match, that's all I was saying is that yep. the attacking play is so – it lacks creativity. But I think in that first half, we saw a new, a new type of Fulham. I think Knockart was much more aggressive, had m- many shots that were whisked away. Um, I think, you know, the, the instance when Bobby Reed got dragged out of the box or slipped over, that was exactly the type of incisive runs and passing that Mike Gregg is talking that, that, that we're missing. Yep. But I, I think we saw that, and, you know, admittedly it was in flashes. But I think that first half against the Leeds team, which is top of the league, we penned themselves in. We penned them in their last third for essentially half an hour straight. You know? Like, yep. I don't think that was – that to me was a very encouraging half. And the reason we lost this match – is because of awful, awful defensive errors to the point which it reminded me of what was happening last year in the Premier League where we okay. didn't have to play poorly, but it was a single person's switch off. That, that, that's something which I think a manager has a very tough time addressing. 
If you look at the three goals, yep. I mean, it doesn't come. I don't think Leeds were superb at all. I think Leeds just took advantage of our terrible, our terrible switch offs. You know, for, first goal, Arter plays a terrible pass, loses in midfield. Brian's out of position. Reams out of position. No one, no one tracks. Bamford is on the edge of the box, and they score. That to me is not something a manager can necessarily deal with. That's just players switching off. Second goal. I mean, I don't know how any, any, any manager can tell players not to fall over in the box. Again, that's schoolboy errors. And the third goal, that's as simple as you like. Joe Bryan gets beat out and yep. forgets how to defend for 20 seconds. That, to okay. me, does not indicate that there's a massive error with Parker. And I do think Parker needs to change. But that, that match was not an indictment of Parker's style. I think after we, the, we can see the goals are head drop and we, and we stop making the creative chances. But to me, that, that match, that first 45 minutes, was a step in the right direction. And our defensive errors cost us and, and changed the narrative. Okay, Max, we're going to be talking about this in a little bit because I'm going to ask you pretty much what was the turning point in the match, okay? I think what I'm about to share, and I shared this on full-time. I don't know if you watched it, but I think the halftime substitutions going to the second half by Bielsa changed the match. He was being proactive. He took off Bamford, who scored the goal. So why didn't Parker be more aggressive and make substitutions at halftime where they had, like you mentioned, they were in the ascendancy, but they could not score. That to me is something to look at. I, I want your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, who, who would he put on? I mean, what person from the bench jumps out of you? I think Cavalier has had a shocker for the last couple of matches. Oh. We don't have Kamara. I don't see an impact player in the bench. It's not Kamara's. Well, that's also there. the problem. That's I think if, if you want to talk about the bigger problem and everyone's talking in the comments about Mitra being banned and perhaps that'll be the case. And you look at Tony Khan and you say, where's our backup striker? Why have we become so dependent on one player, Alexander Mitrovic? And there's been absolutely no reinforcements. Yeah. And that's a shocking error from the club. If you want to talk about analytics in the transfer market, we don't have a backup striker. How can we be challenging for promotion? And what, 23 of our goals comes to Mitrovic? Uh, the commentator said we only have eight total scores all season. And the players who we thought would, would have been superb, I mean, you look at Cavalero, Bobby Reed, Knockart. A lot of people were lauding Arter at the beginning of the season, but let's talk about the attacking players. They've not shown up. Bobby right. Reed is, sad to say, a fraud in the final third. Knockout and Cavalier are hot and cold. That's, right, Max. That, to me, is a transfer error. And, and, and see, people talk about the best squad on paper, but is it really that good of a squad? See, Max, that's my point. I understand the backup striker, but you have to put responsibility on Knockhart and also Cavalier because they have not produced the way we had hoped. So when you look at that, you can put responsibility on Tony Khan. I understand where you're going on that, but you also have to put responsibility on the players. And for me, it works both ways because the players are not scoring the goals that we had hoped. Mike, I want to go to you. I want to get your view on what Max just shared because I find it interesting when we're looking at this. How do you uh, view what he just shared? And also, the lack of goals being so dependent on Mitrovic, I think it really showed itself in this match. And I'm glad that Max brought this up because I brought this up to change the match, did he have the substitutions on the bench to change the match that I'm talking about at halftime? Um, well, I have to agree. I have to disagree. Sorry, with Max's view on the first half, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, we played well for the last, like I say, half hour, and we and we were certainly better in that half than we were for the whole game last week. Um, but I don't see a new new attack in Fulham at all. Um, I see the same thing with inverted wingers. Um, cutting inside or looking, Mitrovic is is the only option we're looking for most of the time inside the box. We we don't fill the box enough at all. And Brian and 
Adoya and especially Brian, I'm, they're meant to be the the sort of overlapping player, and it's just it's all a little bit disjointed. Yeah, uh, dis, you know, that's the best but, word I could use to describe it. My disjointed. I certainly agree. You know, with Kamara out, we've always been that third striker short or third experienced striker short, and uh, it's always going to be a difficult one to get that player, especially when Mitrovic is going to start every game he's available. Um, arguably, you know, people would say that Reed could play there up top. Uh, we did have one game, I think, where Mitrovic didn't play, yep. and uh, we did well. And then there was loads of discussions about, are we better without Mitrovic, which is the stupidest <laughs> question in the world. Um, but uh, you look at that bench, you've got Bettinelli, Marshan, Christie, Sessionon, McDonald, Cabano, Johansson, Onomar and Cavalera. That's a good bench. That, you know, there are good players on that bench who could probably start in any other championship side. You, you can, you know, individually you can say Marshan is is whatever and uh you know session on maybe he's not up to it but you know realistically that's a very very good bench and uh but we are missing that other striker but Mitrovic is going to play almost every game isn't he he's going to play every minute he's available but maybe not the next three games but uh um yeah I mean it's yeah I I, I don't agree with Max on this this new thing I saw a better than last week but more of the same. Okay, very good. All right, Giannis, I'm going to go to you. It's funny, we've already been talking about this. Max has already mentioned this. I want to get your view on the comment I'm going to share. Here it is. This is from Trevor Stanton. Has Parker lost the dressing room? Your view on this, and, and feel free to share on what Mike and Max have been talking about. No, I don't think he has. Uh, I don't think he has. I think... Um... I think you've got a, a dressing room. If you looked at the body language of the, the players coming off the field, you could tell they're pretty upset. And that's a long coach ride back from um, South Yorkshire, which is maybe not a bad thing. Uh, because when they have their, um, you know, the review today at Motspur Park, Scotty won't have to say a lot, if anything. The players will know that they're professionals. Tomorrow's the walkthrough. And he'll try, I'm sure he'll try and keep it light because they will know um, that yesterday wasn't good enough. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the bench, I mean, it, it doesn't inspire me particularly. Uh, I feel dreadfully sorry for Mitro because he's doing so much of the donkey work. Uh, I find Knockhart and Caballero mind-numbingly frustrating. Um, I, it's funny, every time I look at Knockhart, I shouldn't do, but I do. I think of Damien Duff. Okay. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, quality of taking players on, quality of crosses. But is he just a selfish player? Yeah. I think, I think he is. I think he is. I, I really do. Okay. I don't, and um, I would agree I'm with that. Buying, and yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not buying him right now in terms of what he's okay. doing. I still have some faith in Decadova Reed, and I may have to have even more faith if Mitro gets suspended. Um, and I agree with what Max said about the, um, if you look at our squad and the number of players, are we as good as we really think we, we are? And Brentford and Leeds in two weeks have exposed, have illustrated their, their strength and depth. 
on the bench. And we don't really have a lot of... I mean, attacking-wise, okay, we had Ivan and we had Naiskins, and Naiskins bugger got him sent off. Um, I think um, about Scotty, I'm going to say this. Um, I read this in uh, Cloughy's autobiography many years ago, and he said that um, football management is, is the loneliest job in the world because... You know, once the crowd goes away or not, as the case may be, in the adulation, it's just you, the assistant coaches go home. And I'm assuming he's got a critical friend, a coaching colleague that, that you know, he, he looks to a guru mentor. And um, nobody would have slept less last night than Scotty. Nobody. He's a young manager. He'll take this very much to heart. He's probably 10 times as disappointed as the press conference, the press yep. that you saw last night. And um, he'll be desperately down in the dumps. But he has to try and lift the team. I don't think he'll need to do a lot. I think the players know that it wasn't good enough. I do expect a reaction. And I'm glad it's Tuesday night, not next Saturday. And it's against the Ha-Has. We've beaten them already this year, I know. And uh, But I don't think he's lost the, the dressing room. I think they, we worked hard yesterday, but, but the, the mistakes were comical again. And okay. that's the thing that concerns me. Okay, around the room, Mike, do you think he's lost the dressing room? Uh, no, I don't. I think that's his one saving grace is that I think the players do like him and they do want to play for him. It, it's uh, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. Are they happy with or are they being coached to play to their potential or the potential of the squad? That's a different question. Um, I would say no, by the way. That's just my opinion. But no, if there's one thing I, I, I don't see that, and I agree, Yanis is, you know, there are there are some people, on certainly on Twitter and elsewhere, who've said that he has. But for once, I don't actually see that. And because okay. um, he is popular with the players, I know that. Okay. Max, your view on that? Yeah, you know, you know I don't think we can really speculate. We don't really know. But I, I, I would say no. I think... I don't know. I think the perspective needs to be taken back. Like, were we too optimistic at, at the beginning of the season? And myself included, I think I came on here and said, Maybe. I created the second place finish. I think the consensus awesome among the fan base, yeah, <laughs> but the consensus among the fan base was automatic promotion was what was yeah. expected, right? And I don't think many supporters, myself included, again, I'm not calling anyone out, realize how difficult it is to bounce right back from relegation. Very few teams get relegated and go right back up the year after. It's not an easy feat. And we know the championship is difficult. difficult. It took us, what, four years, five years to get out of it, you know, last time. And, again, it's, it's Parker's first year as a manager. Yeah. I'm not going to defend everything he does. I think he has a lot of things to work on, a lot of issues. But I think we were we were a bit naive to think we could walk the league and, and, and just finish second. Um, and, and I think that's why, you know, we've seen a big Parker Act contingent, you know, yesterday. He's not being sacked. Let's just let's just be honest. The club yeah. is not sacked. No, I agree. I agree. And then again, what, what we've seen the last two weeks is we—I'd say we've played the two best teams in the division. I'd say Brentford are probably better than West Brom. We played the two best teams in the division, and we lost. And that's kind of been the story all season: is that we've beaten most of the teams below us, and we've lost most of the teams above us. It doesn't sound like rocket times, but we don't. No, Brendan Cronin has actually said that we're not a a big match team, except for beating Leeds United, and maybe he has a point. Yeah, um, so, I don't know. I think it, we're headed for the playoffs. And, again, it, we haven't shown we can beat most of the team in the playoffs. But I just kind of feel resigned to this fate that we're not the team I think we, we thought we were at the beginning of the season. 
Okay. Uh, guys, let's move on. And uh, I actually put up a poll. And here's the poll, and I want your view on this. Uh, I just put it up so I have about 165 votes. Who was more responsible for Fulham's loss against Leeds United? The players, Scott Parker, both evenly responsible. I had 165 votes. The players got 13%. Scott Parker got 46%. Both evenly responsible got 41%. I actually had a Leeds United supporter uh, tweet to me that I should put Bielsa on there, and I tried to explain. This is a Fulham show, Mm -hmm. and I want to give credit to Bielsa and also Leeds United. They were the better team. They deserve to win, but I also will say that Fulham were the better team the first time around, even though they'll complain about the penalty that Fulham got. But this is a Fulham show, so we're going to focus here. And, Mike, I'll go to you first. Who do you put the responsibility on more? Is it the players, Scott Parker, or evenly responsible? Uh, I'm going to go 50-50. I know that's sitting on the fence, but uh, it's a combination. It's uh, players not doing their job, but it's also, you know, tactics and selection. And, uh, you know, you can look at a couple – You've just got to look at a couple of the goals and uh, realise, you know, even we would select that same player and he makes a mistake. So, uh, you know, it's uh, equal blame for yesterday. Equal blame. Okay. Giannis? I'm I'm blaming the bloody players. (laughs) I I mean, that first goal was just just, uh, stultifyingly bad. The second one was even worse. Third one might have been even worse than that. You know, I mean, you've made the, the changes and you, you've put Harry Arter in, which I thought was a very generous selection considering his last 10 minutes of total mayhem against the fodder. And um, you've seen mistakes on players. It's a sort of, you know, I'm sure that part of Scotty probably, when that first goal went in, probably wanted to run on the pitch and, Grab grab Arta by the neck and drag him off. Um, okay. Just and the defenders. It, it just there comes a point again that the players have got to do that. You got to do your job. I, I say it all the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's so do your job. So I, I, I go back yeah. to that too. That's so my Belichick there, Max. By the way. Yeah, it, it, and it must be so frustrating because he said everything he could say after the game, but but wouldn't it be great if he said after? Oh, Jesus, did we? I mean, our defensively, that was just shite. shite. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just hope he could say that? Uh, wouldn't that be great? And um, we had a couple of calls that didn't go our way either. I mean, again, you know, that, that handball in the first half, again, I wasn't happy with the ref either. I don't know what he was at. Was he in London? Was he in Scotland? Was he down in Antarctica? A couple of decisions. But then again, he missed the Mitro one, which... Uh, was uh, lucky for us. Okay. All right. Very good. Mr. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd probably say like 75% players, 25% manager, because the moments that change the match were the Leeds goals, right? And those are a result, I think, of poor individual errors. But I think Parker needs to think about what his, you know, people have mentioned in the comments, what his plan B is. And I think, as we can all agree, he doesn't seem to have one. And he got outmanaged. As you mentioned, Ross Bielsa made the Sapera substitutions. Parker didn't. And that's why I think he's not blameless. But I think the majority of the blame does have to go to the players. Because, I mean, 
what can a manager do? If you, we're going to go through the three goals, I'm sure, but. Yep. Always, we're going to go through them. <laughs> it's baffling. And it's, it's baffling how so. I, and the second goal, I think, is the worst because we just had a corner. We have enough men back. There are only, there are only two Leeds players in and around the box. And we, we just fall over. That's not a tactical issue. I mean, uh, yep. man, like, what? And it's, it's, it's disgusting because, you know, we see it too often. And there's nothing you can do. I mean, what would a new manager do to sort that out? I don't think anyone really has an answer for that. We have Stork Gray there. Stork Gray doesn't magically solve it like people thought yep. he would. You know, so. I don't think a, a manager right now with seven matches to go to make the change is the right move. I think you just have to see it out and then – decide from there but guys i got another comment i'm going to share this is from one of our co-hosts steve lidyard and mike i'm going to go to you once i share this this is what he had to share russ why are none of our players producing these are some of the same players who got us promoted i agree with this mike and it's funny because i was talking to emilio offline and some of these players aren't even playing you've got johansson mcdonald coming off the bench cabano and i'm going to say a tom kearney some of the players that were involved, why are they not producing this season? And I'm going to look right at Tom Kearney in this match, and many play, many fans have pointed this out. Why was he jogging so much during this match? I noticed it, Mike, and other fans have noticed it too. And when you look at Leeds United, they weren't jogging. They were running. They were closing down. But I can remember so many opportunities when I watched, and there's Tom Kearney. I hate to put it all on him. I'm not putting it all on him. But also, very interesting question from Steve Lidyard. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, why are they not? I mean, listen, the starting eleven yesterday only had four, four of that team. Okay, Adoy, Reem, uh, Kearney, and Mitrovic. Mitrovic is delivering. Yeah, Kearney's delivering once every three games, maybe. Um, Reem is. Not as good as he was a couple of years ago. He's not performing as well as he was a couple of years ago, but we're a little bit shy in that area. So, you know, he has to play. Um, and Adoy is, uh, well, I, I posted something. <laughs> Did he get a pass yesterday? Um, so, and the others, you're not seeing them. So you're not seeing the three musketeers at all, are you? Right. Playing together in the middle there. And, uh, you know, he picks Reed and Arta yesterday. Yep. Two two midfielders we would probably agree are more defensive minded maybe. And so, you know, you would expect those two to be sitting in front of the the box. But I mean, prior to the goal, uh, they have a chance, uh, and no one's on the edge. Reed did block a shot. The goal they two of the goals they scored are pullbacks. Um, you know, Arta exposed for uh his lack of pace, and then re you watch the you watch the goal of the first goal, yeah, and and uh, Arta plays a ball to to Brian. Brian's a, it's not a great pass. Brian's a bit weak. Then Arta's with the player, but he lets the player then go, and then for some reason sort of runs slightly away from him. I don't know why. But if you actually run the goal back, you look at Reed, and he looks at Bamford. But it's not like he busts a gut to try and get up with the bloke. Yep. And not only that, if you watch Bamford score, there's another player behind him on the edge of the box. I know. Yep. <laughs> so, so, 
two defensive midfielders are there and they're not doing their roles. And yep. and then you also look at the later goals and, and they're, they're just similar as well. And um, so, you know, I, I think Johansson, uh, Kearney and McDonald have started maybe one, maybe two games together all year. Yep. Um, I would certainly start them on Tuesday, both all of them. Okay. And yes, and Kearney is... Kenny is Kenny, you know he's never gonna bust it to to get back. But there is that one yesterday where he is sleep sleepwalking. The guy runs past and he just, yeah. oh god, I better chase after him, and then fails. And um, you know, but then we're going to talk about the goal, but uh, or the second goal. I mean, yes. the t- Knockout and Brian who run past and completely ignore the bloke who scores. And it's like, what are you doing? You're just running in the box. You're not looking at the danger. That's so, right. So much wrong. So much wrong from yesterday. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, so sorry, to get back to the point of why they're not producing, yeah. partly because they're not being picked, but also I, I'm not sure if the players are confused are they about... Them, like- are they past it, Johansson and McDonald? No, I don't believe they're. I don't believe they're past it. I don't think they can play 40, 4, 45 games, but they they certainly should be playing more than they are. Okay, but I, I'm not sure the players, although they are in Parker's camp, I'm not convinced they're being used correctly individually, and okay. so as a unit, it doesn't work. Okay, Giannis, your thoughts? Um. Well, Tom Kenley is supposed to be our captain. So, I mean, if he's jogging back, that's not exactly uh, setting an example. Um, I, I agree with I agree um, with Mike. Uh, for Tuesday night, I don't think we could we could do a lot worse of bringing Stefan and uh, and Kevin back into yeah, the lineup. That's a good point by Mike. It's a very good yeah, point. Yeah, just I, I, I stability. Be, yeah, I wouldn't be averse to that at all. Um. I'd like to be a fly on the wall after the game yesterday at Ellen Road. Um, I'm sure if Roy Keane was in the change room, there'd be punches flying. At least we'd see a bit of emotion. Adoy, back to that back four, Adoy was quiet. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong yesterday. But the, but the back four collectively scares the bejeevers at me. Ream can't pass a ball forward right now. Hector yep. seems to be everything long ball. Um, Rodak seems to be, he seems to be um, sold down the river. Brian did not play well yesterday. No. Um, and but he wasn't poor, the only one. No. And poor Mitro is, is a sitting duck up there. Yeah. He, he's trying to, he's trying to fit, feed off um, scraps. And um, I think he's going to have to make some changes on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, and, and you said something earlier, Russ, and it is, you know, it is very important to mention is, is Boo Boo Cameron not being available. Yeah, I I think this is um, huge, and what you know. And again, I actually tweeted out wanting to know some information on it, and I understand how they're handling situations right now, injuries and and whatever. But we have still don't know, and uh, we can you know speculate the reason why he's not part of it. We just don't know. I just wish there was some word on him. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Max, over to you quickly. Your thoughts. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the answer is to go back to Johansson, McDonald, Kearney. Okay. I don't know. What, what's happening now? I think we can agree is not working, but I don't know if that's the solution. I mean, that McDonald, no, no, and, and also Johansson. 
I don't see much from him that deserves a selection. I mean, it, I, I don't think we should go back to the listen. Not obviously not every week, but I don't even think for once every couple of weeks. I, they're not the future; they're the past. I think we need to forget about those players. Okay. Uh, and yeah, a lot of conversation going around um, about Mitrovic and because uh, he's the one I was talking about. He's producing, is he not producing? You can't you can't say a player who scores twenty three goals this season is not producing. Sure, he might miss some opportunities, but the fact that he's what scored almost half our goals this season. Yep, you can't fault that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, thoughts on what I shared about Kearney? <sighs> yeah, he's. Yeah, I think Mike summed up really well, which I don't think I've heard anyone say in that way. Is he produces once every three matches. Right, because yeah. listen, the Bristol City match right before the restart, Billy Cassidy mentioned that. Yeah, he was he was largely excellent and got the equalizing goal. Oh, you're right, but and need him but, to it's be not, it's not, but it's not consistent. Exactly, it's not consistent. Yeah, yeah. That, absolutely. We, we know that from him. That's I don't know if that we need better, but I think we, we kind of understand that he's not going to be your, your week in week out player. Okay, and, and, that, and that is that's a bit sad because he really should be the heartbeat of this team. I but what, if he doesn't exactly. show up, we don't play well. Exactly. When he plays well, Fulham play well. When he doesn't play well, okay. <laughs> I mean, look at the result. You know, I think he, like you said, the the engine, the heartbeat, whatever way you want to say it, Max, they need Tom Kearney to be consistent in these last seven matches. He needs to step up. Yeah, I, I'm not just calling him out. I think the whole team was crap against Leeds United. Yes, they had their spell. They need to do better. It, it's bottom line. But he's your captain. He needs to lead. That's just the way I look at it. All right, guys, quickly before we break down this match, I just want to get your thoughts on the starting 11. I'll go around the room again. I'll start with you, Mr. Greg. What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed at I was starting, uh, to be honest. Uh, um, it, for me, he's just looking for – for me, he's too slow. And uh, he's just looking for a, a handbag fight occasionally. Um, but uh, I suppose I would have liked to have seen Caballero start, to be honest. But uh, I'm yet to be to well, I'm yet to be convinced by Reed. He shows flashes. He has something, but he's somebody I call a bits and pieces player. He's not a striker. He's not a winger. Is he a number? Yeah. What's 10? his role exactly, Mike? Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what his main strength is. But apart from that. Probably the rest pick, picked itself, um, but yeah, maybe maybe McDonald for Arta and Cavalero for for Reed. Okay, Giannis. Well, I mean, Arta was a head scratcher for me. It was another scratcher as well, to be honest. After his <laughs> ten minutes of madness last week, I don't know what was going on there. Got himself a yellow card, just mucking around really. Um, I wouldn't have had Arta in there. Of course, Cabana was out. I probably would. I would have bought Kevin McDonald, and I like his experience. I think he's played well when he started this year. Yep. And he's he's calm, and we don't need hot heads. It's it's a, these are difficult enough games without people coming out looking for fights. Um, Cavallero is another one. I just uh, yeah, you could stick him in, but he's so frustrating again. It's the consistency that kills us. And um, you know, I, I mean, the good news is there's seven games to miraculously. There are seven games to go. Yep. Um, and players have to step up. I have a, a sneaking suspicion about Ream for Tuesday night, whether he might bring Maxime in. I, I, I just, Ream looks just, he's, he's the pot's boiling. And 
again, not a good game yesterday. Um, and try Maxime and see no. if that's going to see if it's going to work. Um, is QPR the the right team to do it again? It might be. They're not. They're in rotten form as well. So, um, but um, yeah, it's the art of one was the real. I don't know what was going on there, but um, you know that that I didn't agree with. Okay, Max, over to you. Yeah, I mean, I, it's fans who don't like Parker had a lot of material to work with there. It was generally accepted that Arda was, you know, one of the turning points of the Brentford match. And what happens next game, he's in the starting 11. So if, if, if you don't like Parker already, that was some red meat for you. Uh, and and I, I didn't necessarily agree with that. Look, I didn't have a massive problem with starting 11. I, I thought that's largely what I would have gone with. Maybe you don't start Arda, but maybe Onima. I think Onima... Had, was in good form in the second half of the season for us. Yeah, he was. I don't think he was in the lineup uh, or even the no. match day squad against Brentford, so maybe that this uh, injury he's still carrying, but I think he sure. should come into the next couple matches. Apart from that, I think it was the right call that Cabano wasn't in. He's more of a substitute impact player. And then you shift Reed up to the wing. Uh, and Dekadova Reed, he's, he's a player who I think needs to work on his finishing massively because we're going to talk about the turning point. The turning point for me was yep. right before the second goal, Reed just hit and whiffed when he was wide open up in the corner. He was in, in the middle of the box. The corner came in. He could have taken a touch, could have hit it first time and made better connection, but he whiffs on it, goes right to the keeper, and then they break on us. He's someone who needs to step up for me. Okay, excellent. And I'm glad that you just let us right there. What was the turning point of the match? You just – Said yours. Mike, for you, what was the turning point? When did the match change? Half time with the two subs. Actually half totally time. agree. That's where I've gone on. Yeah, I think if I think if we'd had another ten minutes, if we'd started playing better maybe ten minutes before the half, we we may have got a goal. Um but that stopped our momentum. Uh Lee's manager made a very, very good change. I mean, when do you see a manager be proactive when they're one up? At half time, <laughs> because he knows exactly. something. He, he knows something is up, and uh, and he made the change, and um, and it stifled us to begin with, and they got the second goal. Yep, I totally agree. That's what I said on full time. How about you, Giannis? What was the turning point for you? I agree with, with um, Mike about the subs having a super impact. But for me, the second goal was so poor, so badly timed. So comical because they're leading at least. You, you can see it coming. Yeah, I mean, but then there's always the chance that they're going to do. We could do to them what they did to us. You know, a little mistake, catch them on the break, bump for going, yep. knocking one. Because I mean, before the game, Leeds fans hate him and saying he's not going to score in a thousand years, and of course he has to go and score. Very Fulhamish. Exactly. Is. But the, the the nature of the second goal was so ridiculously comical. It took me back. It almost took me back to the late 80s and early 90s, playing in front of 2,000 fans against Torquay, that kind of rubbish. It really was. It was just bodies falling all over the place, and it was just an absolute killer. It was um, The optics were terrible, and from that point on, it was over. Okay, very good. All right, coming up, guys, we're going to review the first half and the second half to end the show. Let's start with our first half review. Okay, guys, let's get to it, and let's start from the get-go. I thought Fulham came out okay as the match began, but 
only a few minutes into it, Mike. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to ask you the question. Should Mitro have been sent off with a red card on that challenge? Yes. Yeah, I sort of, re- I sort of replay. Right. Yes. Yes, I do. You go, Max. You, you go. I think Mike's right. Ahead, it was, yeah, it was vicious. Um, it wasn't needed. I heard someone say, you know, Mitro gets that treatment from opposition defenders as a bit of a justification. I can see that argument. I don't think that justifies what he did. But we'll see whether it happens in the next three matches. It was a bit silly. Uh, what it reminds me of something Chris Martin did, right, um, in the Norwich match, you know, in 2016-17, when he got sent off and then we didn't have him for the run-in or a couple matches in the run-in. So a bit of a parallel to past season. From my uh, very good. Go ahead, Giannis. I was going to say, for my end, a remarkably stupid challenge, um, rem- selfish challenge, and actually a very dangerous challenge as well because of the part of the neck that he hit him. To me, it's an absolute red, and there's no excuse for it. Um, are they going to give him the retroactive red? Um, I'll, I'll be surprised if they don't. But I just, I, what was he thinking? I mean, that's just that's just ruddy poor and he can't defend it and Scotty can't defend his behaviour on that just unacceptable, straight red Red? Okay Giannis, right back to you Yes, sir. Let's talk about the goal in the 10th minute, we've already talked a little bit about it, your thoughts on the goal by Bamford Rubbish, it was rubbish Bamford, Bamford um, is hated by his fans it's a backward pass from um, Arta. Uh, Brian is out of position. Ream is out of position. Ball comes across. It's a nice finish. Rodak has no chance. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's comic defending. And it's a shame because I thought we got off to a bright start and we were asking some questions of them. And then it's sort of just destroyed by silliness. And one of the problems we've got was, that, again, our penchants were p- passing the ball back. The ball's got to go forward. You know, it doesn't come back. And it was a backward pass that did it. And um, it was, as I said, disappointed because we've got off to a decent start. And I thought we were the most likely to score. And uh, lo and behold, the buggers go and score on us. <laughs> and uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because now I'm just going to just mention some opportunities. You have the opportunity from Mitro in the 18th minute. That's followed up later. Again, we've had the opportunities from Knockhart in the 26th minute. And, uh, you know, you go for, you go further in. And, again, another opportunity in the 36th minute from Knockhart. You have the opportunity in the 37th minute from Mitro. So full mark creating opportunities here. Uh, again, 40th minute from Mitro. There are opportunities. Next minute you have Joe Bryan go wide. That wasn't a great opportunity, hopefully. He can look at that, maybe do better. And uh, you also have the opportunity late on in stoppage time from Bamford. Fulham were lucky there. So, Max, what are your thoughts about the opportunities for Fulham in the first half? Because what was interesting is that we had opportunities, but how how many were they were clear-cut, like, say, the opportunities from Leeds United? I just want a little bit push back on that because I, I don't think Leeds had us under the cosh at any periods in that match. I can't think of too many saves that Rodak had to make. He made a couple, okay. but I think we had the more sustained pressure. And I think you do make some fair points because you can ask us, you know, what saves did the Leeds keeper have to make other than the Mitra one? I think that's right. fair. But I, mean, I think the, the knock guard, he had a couple of chances cutting in from the right, 
curling with the left actually went very close. I think the the best opportunity for me was, yes, didn't end up in a shot, which I think, you know, people can all say this means we didn't attack well enough, which I'll concede. But it was a nice ball Mitro played to Arder, who's making the forward run, who then cut it back to Dekodova Reed. That to me was encouraging because it wasn't just the classic cross, hope Mitro does something, that boring formula. It was something new. So I think Mike makes a fair point, which wasn't a total revitalization, but there were some flashes of a different attacking buildup, which I like to see. But I, I think the biggest point is, which everyone will agree with, is that there weren't high-quality shots on target that the keeper had to make great saves. And that perhaps is a story of maybe our season, but of course the last couple matches where we dominate possession, we're actually playing well, but when do we actually make the keeper make a save? That's a great point. Mike, what's your view on that? Um, I mean, we uh, we created some good chances yesterday. And the Arta one, yeah, as Max says, that's um, that's the kind of play you want to see. You want to see us getting in the box. And we don't yeah. do that enough. And, uh, you know, you watch, other, that. Yeah, you watch other teams and they overload and get into the box much yeah. more than we do. And, um, and that was good. And we had little bits and pieces of chances, you know, uh, and Knockout had a couple, and then we had the normal sort of Mitrovic headers. And if you actually look at the timeline of the games and the sort of expected goal stuff, again, it all you know, we all agree that that time just for half time we were doing really well. And but but nothing really clear cut. And then I agree about the you know the read. That was probably a really good chance. He should have done better. I didn't think it was a yep. penalty. I'm probably going to get. <laughs> uh, Thrown, things thrown at me for that, but I didn't think yep. it was a penalty. But it, it was a very hard call. But um, but yeah, it's uh, just so frustrating. You know, we need that goal. We do, and uh, yep. you know, just not enough of it though. That's the problem. Right, and I'm glad you know. And there's a goalman. I've, I forgot to mention the uh, situation with Tyler Roberts because we talked about that in full time. Was it a penalty? And Mike, it sounds like you don't feel that it was a penalty. That it would have been harsh. It would have been. It would have been. Okay. Uh, you know. the, the handball we're talking about or when Reed yes, we're talk- over? yes. 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 We're talking about the handball. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think it would have been a harsh one, but I think the rules, I mean, some ref will come on in a minute and tell me. I think the rule is that it is a penalty, but it would be harsh. And uh, okay, I, mean, I think we're grasping sometimes. We, you know, yes, I know. okay, you know, but Mitrovic should have got sent off. So I mean, that's it, right. That's right. It kind of evens itself out, Mike. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move to the second half. And like you already said, Mike, for me, this halftime substitutions really paid dividends for Leeds United, and I want to give them credit, and if I'm sure they're going to be Leeds United supporters uh, watching and listening to this, and they're probably wondering why we're not talking more about them. Well, this is a Fulham show. I'll give you credit, but that's about as far as I'm going to go. We're going to focus on what Fulham did wrong, but yes, Leeds United were the better side. They deserve to win, and I and I want to give Bielsa credit because I think his second-half substitutions made a huge difference. So, Mike, I want to go right to you. Let's talk about the goal. You've already talked about this. This is, again, a very bad goal to give up. The second goal uh, for for Leeds United. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was watching it on the, the Fulham uh, feed and um, Brian took the corner and 
and uh, Big Jim sort of said that uh, you know Brian shouldn't take corners from that side because he's, he's out of position for when they're. I mean, that's a bit of a silly argument. I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, it's it's what it was. But I mean, very quick on the break for a start. Goalkeeper gets the ball, gets out, goes down the left. But the comical thing, I mean, you do, you see Kearney there and the guy goes past him and then chase after him. You see these two of our players running in to get to the box. There's a Leeds player here and they go, whoosh, let's just miss him and stop and fall over. Let the ball come back, bang, and it's in. And comical, absolutely comical. Why one of those players isn't trying to get to, to stop the player... I really don't know what either of them were doing, I have to say. And uh, it was a bad goal, um, carbon copy almost of the first in the in the way it's pulled back. And, you know, Ream doesn't do himself any favours either. And it's, yeah, it's it's a bad goal for, and a lot of players have to hold their hands up and go, they did not do well there. They, they should have done better. And uh, we t- you talked earlier about who should get the blame there. Um, that is a player's. They take the blame for that goal, absolutely. Yep. You know, it's a, corner, it's, a corner, it's a corner. It's our corner, and we let them score. You know, we're not playing Arsenal from the nineteen nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. We always used to do. Oh, Christ, we got a corner. You know, Arsenal going to go and score. Um, yeah, bad goal, bad goal, and kills the game for me because we are just yep. no good at chasing back after that. No, I I do not have a good feeling after that, Mike, and. As I look back at the opportunities, there was one in the 68th minute by Niskins Cabano. I think he just whiffed on that. That was a really good opportunity to potentially pull one back, but that did not happen. At that point in the 70th minute, you actually have the substitution. Cavallero comes on for Knockhart. And Giannis, one minute later, you have Jack Harrison scoring. And all I can see is chasing Joe Bryan and just not good enough, Giannis. The third goal, just a huge kick in the teeth. Your thoughts on the third goal from Leeds United. And Jack Harrison has a problem scoring goals, and, of course, he scores against us. Of course he does. He'd have had one leg and he'd have scored as well. I mean, it's just, the second and third goals should go down in the bloopers of the year. It's, it's honestly <laughs> Benny Hill stuff. And um, it, I think that third goal, and there's an image of Joe Bryan watching it going in the back of the net, it, to me, sums up the afternoon of, of absolute... You know, it was it was absolutely woeful, and it was sorry to watch. And um, you know, it's uh, I, I keep I kept thinking when that third goal went in, I kept thinking, what must be going on in Scotty Parker's mind right now? What is yep. he thinking of? What is he? What is he? What is marinating in that brain of his? And thinking, what on earth is this? We've been off for three months. We were in some sort of decent form, and we've come out and we we we've We've conceded five goals in two games. We haven't scored a goal. We've conceded two goals straight from attacking corners on the break. Um, you know, we've lost discipline. I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw a, 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 a few, you know, um, rocks at Naiskin's Cabano. Two yellows in five, six minutes. Yeah. Like, really? Um and we lost some discipline. That's why, going back to Mike's thing um, about bringing Steph, Joe, and, and Kevin McDonald back and, and just allying it to what you said as well, Max, 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily think that if you bring Kevin McDonald and Steph Joe back, Kenny is necessarily in the lineup. I don't think he should be in the lineup. I, I don't. I, right now, right now, I'm sick to bollocks of this man receiving a ball always facing the net. He's defending. He's not reaching. He's not scanning. He's not moving. He's not moving. He's not checking out his surroundings. And it's it's just his movement off the ball isn't good enough, which means he's being easy to track and mark. And um, would you call him a passenger at this point? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I, but and I, I've been I was going on about this before the, the break. Uh, I've not been happy with him at all this year. I don't want spits and spots. I want consistency. We want consistency. He's our, yep. our club captain. He's playing in the centre midfield, which is often the most thankless task on the pitch. And I need to see a lot of work. Right. Harrison Reed for two games has played one and he's put it in. For me, okay. Kenny's not. Uh, there were times yesterday where Kenny at least defensively dropped off. But that's not why he's there. He's there to create. And if he's not creating, then where are we going to create chances? So with only 72 hours between games, uh, Scotty, again, would have been on the bus ride home and he'd have thought, okay, now how, how do we... How do we shift things up a little bit here? Do sure. we, you know, do we ruffle a few feathers here? You know, with the chickens. <laughs> and I would get TC, and I'd, I'd, um, I would be in a statement of intent, Russ. But, 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 but what? Bring Onomer in. I mean, sure. uh, what the hell? I'm just stick TC on the bench. Pablo Hernandez yeah. was on the bench for Leeds yesterday. He, he was. Should, he should be in the. He'd be in most lineups in the division. So. Make a statement. It's not good enough. You're our captain. We expect more. You know, we're, you're going to park your ass on the bench, and until we see a little bit more, then you're not going to play. I think that's the accountability piece. I think Fulham fans want a, a, an effort, and we're not seeing enough right now. Okay. All right, guys, to end the second half review, it's going to be two parts here, and I'm going to go to all three of you, and that's how we're going to end this. I want to ask you, because I was critical of this. I don't know how you feel about this. There are two different ways to talk about this. The substitutions in the 75th minute by bringing on Johansson, Onoma, and uh, LaMarchand. Emilio made the argument he thought it was the right decision. I thought it was basically throwing in the towel at this point. I wanted them just to play it out for the 90 minutes. I didn't like the substitution. I thought it sent the wrong message. So let's go around the room. And then also I want your thoughts twofold on Niskin's Cabano getting the second yellow, and now he has has the ban, which I think hurts Fulham because we're still waiting on the situation with Mitro. So, Max, I'll start with you. How do you view the substitutions and also Niskan's Cabano getting two yellows? Yeah, I didn't really view the substitutions as that important in my eyes. I think the match is probably already gone by then, and actually, maybe that's just Parker giving people rest, giving players an opportunity, okay. getting on the back in the fitness. And that's the argument that Emilio made. Yeah, I just feel like all the things you can you can blame Parker for. I think that's a little tenuous. That's a little okay. Around. Okay, maybe I'm being <laughs> <Yeah>. too critical. <laughs> well, and then the Cabano thing that that no, that was poor. I yeah, mean, he was just chasing someone down from behind. There's yep. just no need, and the match is already gone. I mean, I can understand his what's propelling that. You're frustrated. You're in a team that's just locked. It's down 3-0. You want to get in a tackle. You want to take out your aggression. You've missed the early opportunity that you kind of scuffed. You could have scored. You're in an angry mindset as a player. But knowing you're already on a yellow, that's just really silly. And 
well, I think I heard those are probably his first two bookings all season, I, I would guess. Yep. And they came in the space of five minutes and he gets sent off. I mean, as I tweeted, that was just a cherry on top of a very poor day. Okay. Mike, what's your view on this? Uh, I think most people are, are starting, as I'm finding out, agreeing that it was not a big deal. It was to give players time. But I wanted them just to play 90 minutes to play it out and uh, play with, I will just say, play with pride and just try to see what you could do, not give up, and have some momentum going into the QPR match. But I do understand the opinions of Max and then also Emilio, who said on the last show that he agreed with Parker's decision. I disagree. Your thoughts and also the situation with Niskin's uh, Cabana. I mean, the subs were all pretty meaningless. I mean, maybe Marshawn, you know, Brian has to take some blame for certainly the last goal. And if he's going to play Marshawn on Tuesday, maybe that's just a, a sort of a flag to Brian. You know, you're in danger if you don't fuck your ideas up. Uh, the rest of them were, he could have made them. He, he didn't have to make them. But I suppose you have to be seen to be doing something. Um, so, uh, I mean, you could have randomly said to the linesman, you know, pick three numbers and I'll make the changes, you know, and, uh, doesn't really matter. Had no effect on the rest of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's what it was. It's okay. And, and Cabano? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a silly foul. I thought the ref should have, yeah, it was maybe a booking, but maybe the ref has to realize, you know, you're three nil down and it's in injury time it's raining now yep. just let it go you booked him why why do it and but it was silly silly loads of players in front of him he didn't need to foul him okay excellent Yanis, you've already talked about cabano just quickly your thoughts on the uh triple substitution am i making too much out of it it sounds like uh our co-host think i am so your thoughts I don't, I don't make, Russ, I don't make the substitutions just to give the, the lads playing time okay. on, the, on the bench. I don't, I don't last 10, 15 minutes. I'm, I think that um, Scotty will be annoyed that we picked up three yellows in the last 10, because Cavallero got one as well. And that's, yep. a, and that's a lack of discipline, and it's selfish play, and it's not good enough. You're down 3 nothing, but don't lose, lose your, you lose your freaking head. And Cabana, okay. I don't know what he's... I, I just, it's just stupid, just stupid. We're... You know, okay, I get it. You, you're annoyed. You didn't. You know, you've had 25 minutes to do something. Stick a ball in the back of the net. Don't be taking yep. silly, stupid yellows. Like behave yourselves. And um, and that I think will piss Scotty off. Um, but I think I think um, with the new substitution rule, um, he's probably given up the ghost and thought, okay, well, let's give some of these lads t- time um, to to you know. Get, get get some minutes under under which is, and it may well have been a tactical move. He's going okay. Some of these buggers are going to be playing Tuesday night anyway, so I might as well give them a run. And they did okay when they came on. So um, okay, I don't think he was. I mean, it, I, it wasn't going to change the result. I mean, it was, so okay. okay. All right, very good. All right, guys, great show. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, I just want to mention that. Uh, the QPR match is coming up, and I'm not sure if we're going what kind of coverage we're going to have on that, but we certainly will have uh, coverage on the match after that. It's a midweek match, and I just have to check my schedule. But I just want to thank everyone for joining me today, Mike, Giannis, and Max. And uh, this has been the second show I've done after a bad loss, but I always find these shows therapeutic. And, uh, Mike, 
uh, before we go. Thank you for joining us uh, at the last minute today. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, yeah, I just wish it was under better circumstances. Yeah, so and, do I. Yeah, but I mean, the main the main thing is we probably need seven or eight points just to guarantee it. And if we're not going to get that from the last seven or eight games, we certainly don't deserve to be there. So I totally agree. The, play, the playoffs will be there. We'll be in them. Are we good enough? I think Max said at the beginning we haven't beaten the team. We're not good enough against the other teams in the top six. So we'll just have to see what pans out. I, it's a big game Tuesday. I don't think we should underestimate how important that game is. Totally agree. Totally agree. Giannis, as always, thank you for uh, doing a wonderful job there, my friend. Always, always a good life. Nice to see you again, Mikey. It's been a while. Um, I feel better today than I did last night. But um, I think the players really need to step up on Tuesday night here. If, 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 if he still has the dressing, which we all believe he does, yep. then it's time to, for players to, to um, walk the walk and, and do the biz against the ha-has. And I think, I, think we will, I think we will get three points on Tuesday. I hope you're right there, my friend. And Max, is it Optimus Max? Is it Mad Max? Uh, I think in this show it's Mad Max. But yeah, as well. always, my friend, keep up the great work. And uh, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you for joining us as always, Max. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a really n- nice uh, little four square we got here. It's great to have Mike on. Yeah. Um, and listen, after Tuesday, I mean, as Mike said, it's a massive match. If we lose then, I think you might see the maddest Max yet this season. But let's hope not. Let's hope <laughs> we don't go there. But we'll see. Okay. <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. But uh, only time will tell. Uh, before we go, just want to mention to uh, please check out our friends that come on you WhatsApp. You can actually download it on your iPhone and and your Android. They do a great job. I I get all these articles, not just on Fulham, but also on the championship. Check them out. I highly recommend it. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode of Couch Talk, which will also be a podcast probably on Monday. My name is Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. Bye. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.